welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks, Podcast Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. Every one of them are free. Come on, you're joining the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet. Let's check in today. Who do we have? Of course, the good old USA at the top of the list. Australia, Philippines, New Zealand, Nigeria, South Africa, Singapore. We have Trinidad and Tobago, Latvia, India, United Kingdom, Norway, Canada, Switzerland, Finland, Kenya, Nambia, Argentina, and Germany, all tuning in to the new old school podcast. Thank you so much for helping me spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. No, those aren't just one or two that are tuning in by chance or maybe a bot or something that is uh, tuning in. These are multiple listeners from all over this wonderful blue marble planet. Uh, No reports of any aliens tuning in. I didn't see uh, anything from extraterrestrial on this one. Remember, we are in a series titled The Lord's Prayer. Let's look quickly at The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. I know uh, we know this, but do we know this? That's why we're talking about it. In this manner, therefore, pray. This is Jesus talking. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We all know this, or we have heard this over the years, I am sure, the Lord's Prayer. Last week, we looked at how this was given by Jesus as a pattern, and today I want to look at this as the person of prayer. This is part two in our series, The Lord's Prayer. I want to look at this as the person of prayer. And today I want you to be sure that you know it. So I'll have you say it with me today, right? You, you got to say it with me. I want you to know it. Say it with me. Say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day our daily bread and forgive me of my debts as I forgive my debtors. Do not lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Look with me today. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed could be hallowed, just like we say blessed or blessed, same word. One of my children uh, 
growing up said, Our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. No, it's not Howard. Howard be thy name. No, it's hallowed, hallowed be thy name. But let me draw your attention to the first words in this uh, amazing prayer. Our Father, the person of prayer. If we're ever going to be a people of prayer and be effective, the first thing I need you to know is that we are talking to someone, not something. God is our Father. How awesome is this? Have you ever noticed this? The Lord's Prayer is plural. He says, our Father. When you pray, Jesus said, say, our Father. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Eight plural pronouns, our, us, and we. Uh, Why would he make this plural? Well, some say it's because he was answering a plural question, teach us, right? Teach us, the disciples. But I really think if we read up a few scriptures before this, he was making it personal with them. When you pray, go into your closet, shut the door behind you and say to your father, personal, that we can and and that we all should have a personal relationship with God. This is what prayer was always supposed to be, right? You talking to Father God. But plurality means us, that we are a part of the family of God. We are born again into the family of God. So it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going from me, myself, and I to us and we. Meaning, let's not forget that as we pray, we can and we should be praying for our family, our brothers and our sisters as well. But I like this because it forces us to see we are a part of a family. Ephesians 3 says it this way. This is verses 14 and 15. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We have to remember this is way bigger than our immediate church family or natural families. It's the body of Christ, the family of God. Matthew 18 and verse 19, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Anything they ask, two coming together, very powerful thing. Our Father, which are in heaven, reminding us that he is sovereign. He is the Lord of all, above all the earth, and he's our Father. And above all, over all, and so I can relax a little bit. You can relax. My children understood who their father was. They didn't have to have a speech about who and what and why and when and where and how I was their father. They didn't have to worry about the uh, pillows they slept on, the water they drank from the faucet, the food on the table, the protection if, you know, if, if uh, for the home or themselves. They could relax when it came to who was paying the bills who was taking care of them. We have a father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed only appears in the New Testament twice as being interpreted this way. Matthew 6, Luke 11. But the Greek word, I believe, is appearing 26 times as sanctify thy great name. All through our Bibles, Greek and Hebrew, are similar in that the Hebrew is translated hallowed, But most of the time, it's translated sanctified. 
and to always use in relationship of the opposite of the profane is what it means. It's the, it's the idea of, of something being the opposite of the profane. Hallowed, meaning that God has set apart. He is sanctified or set apart from evil in your life. Now, he's not set apart from us because he sent Jesus to bridge that gap, but he is set apart from the evil in our life. So this goes a long way in understanding that our Father is not causing the evil in our lives. He is, he is a, a part from the profane in our lives. Leviticus twenty two thirty two. you will not profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. In this verse, the words hallowed and sanctified are the same word. God wants to set us apart from the bad and the evil that is happening to us. Our father, Jesus tells us about two fathers. And I want to be clear that there is a bad one that we started with and the good one that we ended up with after being born again. So many times people hear this, our father, and they don't have a very good image in their mind about a father. And it happens, this spills over into our view of our father, God. So when some hear that, after experiencing so much trauma with a natural father, well, they don't want to see God as a father. They don't, they don't like that idea. They don't want to see him that way. Well, you don't understand what kind of a father I had, so please understand there are two fathers in this scripture. And anything you saw in your father that was good, he got that from God. And everything bad you experienced and saw in your father, that was from Satan, the father of lies. Listen, this is true. When we, when we hear God the father the Son, and Holy Ghost, you may think of Father God as the mean one. The Son is the nice one, and Holy Spirit, he's kind of the weird one. That's not the truth. God is our Father. And to better understand the Lord's Prayer, you'll want to know more about this person, our Father. What makes this prayer so powerful is the person we are praying to. And I know someone's someone's not going to like the idea that I'm saying the person of God, the person. I need you to see him as a person. And not just this unreachable being or this thing that is out there. Because we do not form relationships with things, but we do form relationships with people. So number one, and Jesus was trying to get us to see him this way. Why? He kept saying father. He didn't say the most almighty holy being, the great spirit in the sky, the old man upstairs. He kept saying father, our father your father. He's wanting us to see that we need to form a relationship with him. So number one, God is our father. Number two, Satan is the bad father. John 8, 38 through 44, I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and they said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. You see that? Your father, the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. 
and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Wow, Jesus is telling us about the two fathers, and he's talking to these who have not been redeemed. And he says, let me, let me tell you who your father is. It's not God, it's the devil. And you're doing what your father is doing. And what he's doing is, this is why this is so important, he wants to kill you. He wants to murder your families and your jobs and your, your farms and your hopes, and he's a liar. And the way that you can know if Satan is lying is if his lips are moving, right? We see that he puts thoughts into our minds. This is where the real battle is, as it says, thoughts that rise above the mind of Christ, thoughts that contradict God's word is satanic. It's devilish. And it, the root of it is the father of lies. That's it. If you, if you ever thought that God does not love me, if you ever had that idea, uh, if you ever had the idea that God is mad at me, God is not for me. If you ever thought that God is punishing me with sickness because of sin, that's a lie. Because the Bible is clear that all of God's wrath was satisfied upon Jesus on the cross. God is not angry with you. God loves you and God has forgiven you. That's Bible. And the devil is always lying to us about this. He's the accuser of the brethren. And so it's an enemy that's going to always try to lie to you about somebody who's a friend. You think about this. You think about how many times we're chewing out our friend because our enemy told us a lie about him. I'm talking about prayer. Satan is the bad father. God is our father. Satan is the bad father. That leaves us with number three, God is the good father. James 1 and verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God he himself tempt anyone. These words for tempted are the word for enticed. James 1, 14 through 17. But as each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So what he's saying is don't be deceived that everything evil in your life it did not come from God because God cannot be evil. He cannot even be approached by or in close proximity of it. If there is something in your life that is evil, it's because you were drawn away by your sin and the tempter Satan took a desire of yours and turned it the wrong way and drew you away to sin and sin leads to death. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except which is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation, he will also may make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I mean, this is, this, guys, this is about as vacation Bible school as it can get. This is Children's Church 101, that God is good and the devil, Satan, is bad. And what we have in our lives that's evil did not come from God because every good and perfect gift is from God. The foundation to my entire theology, God is good Satan bad. Easy, right? But see, this would help a lot of theologians today. Why would you talk to someone who actually caused the problems you have? That's how people feel about God at times. That prayer is talking to, to the good father about what the bad father did to you. 
That's what it is. Well, Father, I got all messed up listening to the bad father, and well, I'm in a jam now, but you're good, and you have made a way of escape. Psalm 119, 68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. God is good, and he does good. This is easy theology right here. And even when we end up in a mess because of the bad, God didn't do the bad, but he's so good that he can take the bad and what? He can make it come out good. Now, that's really good. And he's the father of lights. Now, that doesn't mean stars. Yes, creator of stars, but not father of stars, father of lights. Philippians 2.15, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. He is the light and we are the little lights. He is our father. No variation in him. No possibility that God could turn from being good because it's who he is. It's not what he does. It is who he is. It's impossible for him to change because it's not an action based on our performance. It's a character trait of who God is. God is good. He's the embodiment of good. Our prayer started with our father. Listen to me, and I think this to be the truth, that every bondage in our life could be tracked back to a father wound. We react out of rejection that we were born with because we were born in sin because of this fallen world, but once born again, now we are accepted by God. We have father wounds by our own fathers, Even if they were great and good fathers, then some feel like, well, I couldn't even live up to that standard. It's proven that we all get our affirmations from fathers, little boys. I know my sons and my daughters, for that matter, looking into the stands at games and seeing me there meant everything to them. They didn't care who else was there. Listen, grown women still do it. Men still do it. Grown men. So when we didn't get it on the earth, it can become difficult to make the difference between my earthly father and heavenly father, our Father, John 14, ask the Father anything in my name, and he, your Father, will give it to you. You need to be able to know that you can talk to your Father. In the Old Testament, he was the great Father, but he wasn't referenced as our Father, Father of many nations, but it wasn't personal. Jesus came and he said, hey, hey, the very first thing that you need to figure out, guys, he is our Father. In John 20, after the resurrection, Jesus speaking with Mary in the garden. You remember this in verse 20? Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, my God and your God. Go tell my brothers that I'm gonna go to dad, our dad. Is it possible in the Lord's prayer that our father is referencing Jesus and us, our relationship with Jesus as well? Listen, When you talk with dad, be sure that you start by saying our father. So that when I come to the Lord, our father, don't forget, don't forget who my brother is. It's Jesus. He died so that I can talk with you personally, our father. You understand the Bible says that we can come into the throne room of God boldly. You think about that because he's our father. The veil had been torn. I have to have been reminded over this past summer that I can Go to my dad and talk about my problems with him, my father. I'm talking about Father God. Prayer is just talking to your dad. I hate to see this thing where people get so caught up in deep prayers and they miss the relationship, right? I mean, have you seen people like that that you can see it in them? It's not just the prayer that's coming out of their mouth. It's the attitude behind it. When you begin to watch these people, I know a group like this that are 
deep, deep prayers, right? They don't have a father God. That relationship is shot. Matter of fact, they don't even like men. That's really the issue. And so they don't approach God that way. So it's always hard pushing and it's hard and yelling and, oh, it's just, it's so stressful to listen to these people pray, if you ask me. I mean, it's just ridiculous when you think about the father relationship with this particular group. They don't have it. But you can tell they also don't like men. You look in their life, there's obviously been some wounds there somewhere in their life, and this group now bands together, and they suppose themselves to be the top prayers of the region, and I'm telling you, they don't even know who Father God is, and so you can see that in people, and what I'm trying to get you to understand today is he is our Father. He's our Father. I hate to see it when people get so caught up, they miss the relationship, they get so deep, they forget who they're actually speaking to. And so we've made it very weird and very hard at times. It's just you talking with the Father, your Father. Let me say this before I go today. There is just no reason for you to not be healed of a father wound. I promise if you'll approach your Father God and be real, because he already knows, right? You're not fooling him. You do understand that, right? Allow him to heal you of this wound. Allow him to become your father. All you ever wished for and more in an earthly father, right? If you be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Isn't that what the Bible says? How much more your father God? Come on, anything that you ever wished for or more in an earthly father, do you understand God can actually fill that void? No, you can know that his presence is there. You know, I talked about being in the stands or being present at my children's games. You know, I'm not saying you're going to look up in the stands and see God sitting there, but what I'm saying is, is the same idea with the presence of God. You can know for sure that the presence is there, that when you you look, if you understand what I'm saying, when you look, you can understand he's here. He's here. He's my father. He came to the game, right? Right? All you wished for, allow God to do that. See, that's the thing. He's not holding anything back. We can only receive God into the capacity in which we've made room to receive him. And if you don't see him as a father, then you're going to have a hard time receiving him as a father. You won't see him that way, but you need to. This is what I'm saying. You need to. No, I know he's the almighty. I know we could run down the the Jehovah names and, and see the amazing things that God does that he attached to his name and his character traits. But at the end of the day, Jesus, he didn't name all that. He just said, our father. Because once you can receive him as our father, your father, those character traits are just part of the package deal. My children didn't have to know me as provider. They knew me as their father. But I was a provider. Right, and, and you could look down the, the other names or hats that I had to wear as a father, but my children didn't have to know those things. They just needed to know. They didn't need to know that I was their protector, right? They didn't need to know that. They just knew they had a father. And because I was their father, I was a provider. I was a protector, right? He is so good. And all we see around us, our daddy owns all that. And well, the, the devil and some of the others might think that they're running the show, but let me tell you something, make you, make you understand, and, and, and to, be, to be very clear, my father God is in charge, 
He's in charge of my life. And I'll tell you what, he's running things just fine. Come on, our father. That's the key to the whole thing right there, friends. And I'll tell you what, if you never get past this one, the rest of it just won't matter to you. He is our father. You and Jesus have the same father. And by the way, the Bible says that he loves you just as much as he loves his other son, Jesus. Now that's a good father. Thank you for joining me today on the New Old School Podcast. I'm your host, Don Allen. Hey, until next time, because of my father and who he is, you know I'll be attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous. Oh, oh, oh.